Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. Whether you like it or not, snow is coming soon. Are you ready to control it? Tony's State Line Power Products at 271 Main Street in Blackstone has the king of the snow, Aaron's snow throwing equipment. Come on in and talk to Tony and she'll size up how much of a snow throwing experience you need. We have a full line of Aaron's snow throwers to handle your property from 20 inches to 36 inches of clearing capacity. We also have portable generators by Generac and Husqvarna for your emergency power needs. Come see our huge selection at State Line Power Products in Blackstone. Showroom open Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony's State Line Power Products is ready for this winter. Are you? Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. All right, this time I'm looking at the Cajun Grilled Haddock. It's available for lunch at uh, 1099 you get a nice, uh, a nice slice of grilled haddock fillet, and it's seasoned with a Cajun spice and grilled with uh, sweet butter, and served with your choice of two fry, uh, two sides, and uh, you have uh, all kinds of different sides. Uh, you could have fries or coleslaw, the vegetable of the day, baked potato, mashed. You, you know, you get the idea. Uh, two sides, ten ninety nine for the Cajun grilled haddock. Luncheon plate over at the uh, Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All right, commercial's over. Time to uh, chat with our guest. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Well, WNRI continues its series of programs, Meet the Candidates. And uh, yesterday we met a candidate, and uh, a guy I never met before. And uh, his name was uh, Jonathan Rosandez. And he's running for Senate in District 20 against Roger Picard. And um, Mr. Picard will be here. We'll give him a call and bring him in and give him some uh, equal time. And so uh, here's another uh, guy I haven't met uh, before. Uh, Shannon Ross is in the studio. And he's a candidate for council. How are you doing, sir? I'm good in yourself. Great. Great. Nice to have you here. Let's set up the uh, situation for our listeners. We have... A uh, election, November the 8th, here in Woonsocket. I don't think um, it's going to be uh, any uh, tough thing to decide uh, who's going to win the mayoral contest because Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt doesn't have an opponent. So um, she'll be elected mayor again. On the uh, city council, uh, though, we have seven council members and uh, we have 13 candidates uh, out there. Not enough candidates to drive a primary in no, in uh, in September, so we did not have a primary. So all of the people who took out their papers, had them signed, and brought them to the uh, board of canvases, all these people uh, didn't have to deal with that primary. So um, that's good. They didn't have to spend any money for advertising or or whatever. I'm sure they were probably campaigning, and so. Um, those 13 names will be on the ballot in November. 
They are uh, Christopher Beauchamp. He's been here. And James Canoyer. Michael Disney. Haven't had him yet on the program. Uh, Daniel Gendron. He's been here. Valerie Gonzalez. She's coming on Tuesday. Roger Gillette's been here. Garrett Manseri's been here. Scott McGee has been here. Shannon Ross. He's here. Uh, and Benjamin Shatra coming soon. And David Susie has been here. And Brian Thompson has been here. And John Ward, too. So it's uh, basically Shannon and Benjamin and, um, let's see, Michael Disney. So uh, we are interviewing the candidates. They'll be on the ballot in November. Now, uh, as far as uh, today's program is concerned, we're going to chat with uh, Shannon and also um, welcome uh, any comments that uh, you might have that are related to city government. Um, these uh, men and women who are running for these offices um, probably will not um, give you uh, an opinion, as well they shouldn't, on the Ukraine uh, war. I mean, that is not in their hands. Is it, sir? Not at all. <laughs> all right. Not at all. Welcome to our program, Shane. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Now, um, can I share our little secret about the wine here? Uh, <laughs> you can. You now, can. I asked, you know, we, Shannon and I already have something in common. Um, well, we like Winsocket, and, uh, and, and he'd like to serve on the council. But we enjoy um, talking about wine, and we did uh, in our conversation. And uh, I think I probably said, well, look it. If you want a good interview and you want to make sure that everything goes smoothly, just bring me your bottle of wine. He did. <laughs> and I accept. So I want our <laughs> listeners to know. That uh, this bottle of wine is sitting right here in the studio. It's a nice bottle of uh, Pinot Noir. Now, you went out to uh, Sonoma, um, the Sonoma section uh, yes, of the yes, wine country? Yes, yes, I stayed in downtown Sonoma. It was fantastic. Um, downtown Sonoma reminded me of a bit like Woonsocket mm-hmm. since I've been here. Everybody treated me like, like family. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, the experience there, the people there. So... I loved it. I'm looking forward to going back as soon as I can. Yeah, if anybody is going to go to California, uh, you can uh, fly into Sacramento or San Jose or, or San Francisco and and easy access to the wine country. I mean, oh, it's very yeah. easy. Um, um, everything is a hop, skip, and a jump. It's yeah. almost Rhode Island-ish. <laughs> everything is really close there, so you don't have to do a lot of driving to get to right. each winery or, you know, or Ubering, I should say, responsibly. Shit, Uber. <laughs> All right. And uh, so, anyway, we, we enjoy wine, and luckily, wine is available here in Woonsocket. So, uh, uh, but uh, it is a nice trip uh, out there. We're going to talk about other things other than wine, but uh, thanks for, uh, for doing that. I appreciate it. That's, that's just cool. Hey, the fellow wine drinkers is... <laughs> yeah, we got to stick together. We have to stick together. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, a little biographical sketch. Who is this guy? So... Yeah, I'm relatively new to the area, and although I've been here a while, um, I met my uh, my neighbor Chris Beauchamp, and we sat down and had a great conversation. And um, I told him all the things that I would like to do here, and uh, his fantastic wife Nikki was like, "You should run for city council." And uh, Chris was like, "Well, if if you run, I'll run." So I was like, "Okay." I thought about it for a few days. He said, "Are you serious? Because it's a commitment, and you're making a big commitment to the city." And so I said, absolutely, because 
the city has wrapped its arms around me. Now, I've worked for the training school for the last 16 years, and I enjoy working with the youth. So, with troubled youth, so whatever I can do above and beyond, even if I don't make city council, I plan on doing great things here. I plan on working with whatever organization I can to help the youth. That's my passion. I've worked with them since 1999, to be exact. I work for Ties Family Services. Then I work for Project Hope. So I'm all about community, and that's, that's, that's where my passion lies, is community. What do you do at the, the training school? Uh, I'm, I'm what is called the JPWs, the juvenile program workers, kind of like a guard. But with juveniles, you it's the least restrictive environment. So I mentor there. Um, I mentor is care, custody, and control because, you know, they are there for some different offenses, but... My, I feel like my primary job is to help educate them so they don't reoffend. So I'm, I'm also I'm I'm not only there to keep them safe. I'm also I feel like my job also is to educate them so they don't come back. Give them life skills. So is that what some kids need? Uh, just a, a a little some kind of a role model or some kind of uh, person that uh, can uh, can set, reset their values? Or is that a, a fair way of putting it? Um, I feel like kids need a lot. They need community. They need a positive figure in their life. Um, they need the village. Um, so sometimes kids need a lot more than just than just good words. They need action. And, you know, someone can be out there to guide them, help them get a job, help them get back into school. Um, a lot of good kids out there, they, they need the support, too, because a lot of good kids are teetering on the line of, I don't know if I should do that, I don't know if I should do this. But if you do have that good mentor, that do have that good person you can reach out to and be like, hey, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling with this, can you help? Even if you can't get them a job, sometimes just listen to them. You know, if you meet most kids that uh, experience have been in there and they know me, they'll be like, Shannon's a good dude and... He's always looking out for us. And when I do bump into him on the streets and I say, hey, how you doing? It's almost like a big brother thing. Either they're like, oh, man, I'm not doing not doing what I should be doing. Or, hey, Shannon, they're happy to tell me that they're doing something positive. Shannon, I realize this is not an interview on the training school. So, <laughs> so I'll ask one more question about it. Simply, maybe I should... I should call the training school and and bring the uh, director in and maybe do a program on it so that people know uh, about it. But so, are there programs though that that are in the training school that these kids can hook up with and and uh, and help them uh, when they're ready to leave? Um, there are, but there there needs to be more. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a lot more. I mean, I feel like uh, they're doing the best they can, you know, because everything is. Uh, you know, having the money to be able to come in in the services. So I believe uh, the training school is doing the, the best they can with it, with the resources that it has. All right. So let's uh, get back to uh, the city of Woonsocket. I'm going to take that same theme, though, uh, of, of, of youth and, um, and look, here in, look here in town. As a member of the city council, uh, do, you, uh, do you propose or have you thought about... Um, programs uh, for uh, our young people besides just going to school every day? Oh, absolutely. Um, for me, there's a lot of kids that, that do play sports, but there's also the other kids that like arts, that like music and stuff like that, and that, you know, there's there's other ways to reach kids than other than sports. Sports is a great avenue. I played sports. I love sports. But we also want to reach the kids that also don't play sports. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. 
that that is what I would that I'm going to do. That's the area that I'm going to get to, regardless. Like I said, if I get on council or not, you'll you'll see me or hear about me throughout the city. You know, getting some art teachers to come in and volunteer time. Even you know, hopefully getting some sports guys to come out here and do some camps and stuff. So arts and music, there's so many other things that they can get into, and those are the things that I believe in in, in reaching them. So. Um you're um, you're a neighbor of uh, Chris Beauchamp. He was here, uh, and he did mention you when um, when we did the interview. Uh, so, are you two uh, two guys walking um, walking the neighborhoods uh, together? Or how are you doing it? Um, that is that is what we will be doing. Absolutely, um, Chris has been a great mentor for me in this process because I'm a newbie in this process. So I've learned a lot from him. And, and like I said, he's he's been a fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. He's been a wealth of knowledge for me. Uh, seems like you like living in Woonsocket, huh? Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, people ask me all the time, "How do you like living in Woonsocket?" I said, "Listen, you have to come experience us." Mm-hmm. And I always say when people are like, "Oh, you should come here," I said, "No, I don't need to experience you. You need to experience us because it's a fantastic city, and people." don't really know how much of a gem it is out here, mm-hmm. how great the people are out here. Everywhere I've gone, it's been fantastic people. And I know you have still have your you know your sections where people might not be as nice, but I maybe experienced that once or twice. Mm-hmm. But everywhere other than that, it's been fantastic. What do you... Uh, I know what I like about the city. I like the restaurants, and I like, uh, you know, having... The stadium theater uh, nearby. Oh, and what uh, what attracts you about the city? The people. Mm-hmm. The people. They are honest. They they shoot straight from the hip. If they like you, they like you, and they're going to tell you. If they don't, then they're going to tell you. And if you're not well-versed or well-educated on socket, they will educate you. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's important because I like someone who shoots straight from the hip. And that's who I am. I, I, I tell you what it is. And I said something last night at my fundraiser. I'm shaming 365 days of the year. I don't turn it on. I don't turn it off. This is who I am. And my passion is working with young adults. My passion is working with kids. And that's what it always has been. So the more I can do, whether on city council or not, I'm going to be out here doing and fighting for them and, and trying to get them services or trying to see where I can connect to and write grants or help out the YMCA if they need help. So whatever I, whatever capacity I can be in to help the youth in this city is, is what I'm going to do. I have in my hand the city council agenda. So if you are elected uh, city council member, you might have to deal with uh, some of these city council uh, issues. Now, you're not a sitting city council member. If I had a Somebody who's been on the council um, like six years, I'd ask them different questions because they've been there for six years. Absolutely. And you haven't been there for six minutes yet. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but there are the general categories that the council deals with, and uh, I was going to uh, ask you um, about them. And um, one of them uh, has to do with uh, licensing um, uh, these, um, these bars and so forth uh, and these restaurants. A lot of new restaurants uh, come before uh, the city council to uh, to get licensed and we give them sometimes a beer and wine license we sometimes give them a full liquor license and so forth and uh, I guess my my question has to do with uh, welcoming business uh, into a socket uh, because when a new business opens up 
it means uh, more tax revenue for the uh, city of Woonsocket. So you're going to be open-minded to uh, to it or maybe uh, clamp down on those liquor licenses and make sure we don't have too many. <laughs> um, I'm open-minded to new businesses in Woonsocket because new businesses in Woonsocket helps everyone. Mm-hmm. Helps everyone. It helps the tax. It helps create jobs. It, um, it And it also brings people here to, like I said, experience us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will definitely be open-minded. You know, there's a controversy going on. And you and me in November, besides you voting uh, for city council members and, and, and myself, there's going to be a, a ballot question. And it has to do with the city of Woonsocket. Should the mayor choose the city lawyer... Or should the council choose a city lawyer? That's going to be a ballot question. And, um, well, the mayor, obviously, uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt, she's been choosing the city solicitor's city lawyer. And then the council approves it. And now the council would like uh, voters to say no. Uh, They'll choose the city lawyer. And then she'll, um, you know, uh, she'll have to work with that city lawyer. So uh, how do you feel about that? I feel that... We have to maintain some of the things that this country was built on, and that's checks and balances. Mm-hmm. You know, you in every part of the government, there's checks and balances. So my, my belief and my stance on that is it should continue on the same way because if one person or one group gets to choose the city solicitor, then it's unfair balance in power. So if she proposes someone and we either agree or dis, we either accept or don't, that creates that that we have the continuum of checks and balances, mm-hmm. and we want to continue the balance and power. And that's how it should be. That's what this country was founded on: checks and balances. If you are just joining us, um, uh, who is this gentleman? His name is Shannon Ross, and he is one of the uh, thirteen people that you will see on the ballot in November, running for Woonsocket City Council. We have some other questions for him, and uh, he's. And you're always willing to, you know, anything you want to drop in that I might not be asking you about that you want to center on. You just interrupt and we'll we'll, uh, have that. However, it is commercial time. And so we're going to do an ad or two for uh, a few of our sponsors. Sometimes I do these ads, uh, Shannon, live in the studio. They're spontaneous. And that's what's going to happen right now. I'm going to talk about the honey shop. At 1300 Park Avenue, Upper Park Avenue, this is a place where you can buy gourmet foods and health foods and natural remedies. Uh, natural remedies like their product that they they pioneered called Breathe. And a lot of people uh, use it if they have a cold and having a little difficulty with their nasal passages. This uh, product called Breathe opens them right up. And, of course, we're called the honey shop. So, therefore, are we still carrying honey? Yes. Lots of natural uh, honey foods are uh, in uh, in stock. And another thing that we do at the honey shop that we didn't do a couple of years ago, but we started doing in the past year or so, is having these uh, workshops. Workshops on uh, how, to, um, how to make uh, apple butter and pumpkin butter and how to make uh, pasta and cheeses and... Things like that. And we have a cheese uh, making workshop coming up 
And you'll also get a chance to sip wine at the same time, which is a big attraction again to me. It's Saturday, September 24th at 4 p.m. at the Honey Shop. Cheese making. How to make cheese at home. We'll show you how to do it. Hey, if you love food, you'll love us at the Honey Shop, 1300 Park Avenue. If you'd like some information on one of our uh, our uh, seminars or what we sell for food, 766-1488 is our telephone number for the Honey Shop. All right. Next is, um, uh, let's see. we got, got to figure out who the next sponsor is. Yes. It's Italian night tonight at the uh, Woonsocket Elks. What they do every Wednesday is open their place up at 5 o'clock, 5 to 7.30. Open to the general public. Come on in and enjoy veal parmesan with pasta, a chicken parmesan with pasta. And we uh, also cook up meatballs and sausage. And uh, we also have uh, cheesy garlic bread available, French fries, and regular bread, too, with salad. It's Italian night, and it's very reasonably priced. And, of course, uh, the Socket Elks, um, uh, when they make money from these, uh, these kinds of things, uh, they turn the money back into the community, as you see many times in the Valley Breeze or the Woonsocket Call, where the Elks did this and the Elks did that. So um, it's a way to support uh, the Elks and also a way to have a good Italian meal on Wednesday night at the Elks. That starts at 5 o'clock this afternoon at the Elks of Woonsocket. And uh, what else is on my schedule? Oh, yes. K. Akasha. They're an accounting firm. And uh, they have offices in Woonsocket and Warwick. And they're next on our sponsor list. K. Akasha, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're K. Akasha. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having K. Akasha to consult with on your personal financial Financial situation is like having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're meeting the candidates. That's the whole uh, idea behind these uh, interviews. They're informal, they're unrehearsed, they're spontaneous, it's all that. And uh, Shannon is our guest today, Shannon Ross. Tomorrow, <clears throat> it is not a uh, Meet the Candidates Day, our weekly program with uh, Christopher Boulay. He's a financial advisor, and um, we ask him a lot of questions uh, concerning interest rates going up or down, stock markets, stuff like that. That'll be tomorrow's show. And then on Friday, we uh, meet the candidates again. We're going to meet um, school committee chairman Paul Bourget. And he's going to come in and talk about the uh, school department. And uh, there's a um, um, whole bunch of uh, federal funds uh, that are uh, available to the school department. And he's going he's to talk about how the Woonsocket School Committee has spent those funds. And uh, he thinks they, they've done a good job on it. So he wants to be reelected. He's currently the chairman. And uh, he'll be here on Friday. On Tuesday, Valerie Gonzalez... Meet the candidates like we're doing today. And the only other uh, promotional announcement I'm going to make is for next Wednesday's program. It's, uh, uh, I've got it right here. We've got Mike DeBryce coming in. 
Mike is the director of planning and development for the city of Woonsocket. Been doing a nice job, in my opinion, anyway. And he has a whole bunch of projects uh, on his uh, table. But one of them is the Woonsocket Comprehensive Plan. And uh, that is a plan that takes uh, that where we ask residents questions about Woonsocket, what they would like to see happen between 2022, the year we're in now, and 2042, 20 years out from now. What would they like to see? uh, And one of the questions is, what is one thing you really want to see in Woonsocket that is missing? And another question is, what is one thing about Woonsocket that you uh, would like to change the most? And uh, I'll do one more question from the comprehensive plan. Uh, what is one thing you love best about Woonsocket? Well, Shannon already answered that question, the people. Uh, but um, the people did respond to this questionnaire. And Mr. DeBroyce will be here, uh, well, today is Wednesday. He'll be here a week from today with the comprehensive plan. It's, it's, uh, it's not completely done, but they've done phase one, and he'll talk about that. And some other things. When we interview the city planner, Mike DeBryce, that'll be next Wednesday. How you doing over there, Shannon? I'm doing fantastic. Nice to have I was you. Listening here. to some of them questions, I was like, man, there's a few things I'd like to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm um, definitely going to call in. <laughs> <laughs> and we might throw that question at you a little bit later on in the program, though. You might want to, uh, might want to think about it. Now, here is, um, you know, these are the kinds of things, because you're not a sitting council member, I don't expect you to have, like, a background of of information. But one of the things that you're going to have to deal with on the uh, Woonsocket City Council, if a vote is uh, put you uh, in one of those seven seats, is is the Sinegro plant, the one that creates those odors here in the city. Mm. And it's on Cumberland Hill Road. And you live in the North End, right? Uh, and I do too. And I don't, I don't, um, I don't smell the Cinegro plant uh, that often because, well, I, I guess uh, you and I are in the right pattern of wind or something. But there are some other residents in the city that are really uh, sometimes getting hit by it. Sometimes when I'm on Manville Road going into uh, into Lincoln. Um, uh, I I can smell that place. Yeah, so, I get hit by it coming off coming off of ninety nine a lot. All right, you're going to be asked to solve that problem, and it's not an easy uh, easy problem. Are you up to the task? Absolutely. Um, that's why I think working together comes in. Um, the council and the mayor have to work together. It's like I said earlier, it's checks and balances, and there needs to be there needs to be a respect there. Whether you agree or disagree, we all have to treat each other with respect. And as it as it comes to that problem, um, I'm sure if I'm elected, when I'm elected, because you got to speak and got to speak into your future, um, I'm sure as a team, we'll we'll solve that problem. Because one thing, you know, one thing I, I remind people every day is, we work for you. And I, I think sometimes in, pol- in politics, people forget that they celebritize a lot of our politicians, and and a lot of our politicians forget that we work for the people. If I'm not working for you or listening to you or trying to solve the problems in the community, then I'm not doing my job. And then it's up to you to not have me doing that job anymore. So it comes to respect, respecting people's opinions and working together as a team. 
not be in opposition to the other one because if we're doing that, we're putting ego in the way and we're forgetting why we're forgetting why we came to be a politician. It's that serve the people. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that was me coughing, uh, not uh, Shannon. All right, working together, yeah, and that is going to be a working together uh, project because, um, you know, the the other side of the coin that everybody has brought up over the years that I've been doing this uh, talk show, interviewing council members or listening to people on the telephone, is that uh, Sinegro pays uh, a lot of money to the city of Wazakit to be here. And uh, so when they pay um, when they pay those fees, uh, you know, that, that, that keeps, um, we don't have to come up with that money. It keeps the taxes down. So it really is a, a double-edged sword. Good luck on that one, Shannon. <laughs> hey, it sounds like a tough hill, but I'm ready to climb it. So like uh-huh. I said, you, gotta, you know, it's about respecting each other. And uh, bringing some respect back to the council. Um, I've been to a couple council meetings, and uh, it definitely needs to be, you know, a mutual respect for each other so that we can accomplish the common goal, and that's serving the people and serving the issues that the people have. Because I know if I lived over there, I'd want that tackled. And I'd want to figure out how, you know, my councilman and my mayor can have solutions for it. And I'm sure as... You know, city councilman and city councilwoman and mayor, I'm sure, going to work together and figure out how we, you know, solve that if possible. All right. And at the uh, council meeting uh, last, uh, well, not last Monday, uh, but the meeting before, um, if you were sitting on the council at that time, at that meeting, uh, the council meeting, they call it to order and then they have people, uh, good and welfare, people can come and just talk. The council members had to listen for an hour. Sixteen people came to the microphone. Sixteen different people. Uh, They were in two categories. One were uh, people who owned properties. And others were renters. And all sixteen were complaining about the revaluation of property. And uh, so when I got my tax bill, I didn't get a, a big tax increase. But those who own multifamily houses, um, two and three and four story, uh, two and three and four family dwellings and above, they got big hit. And as a result, if you're a property owner owning one of those, you had to raise the rent. And so they were they were complaining about that that they had increases of 40, 50 percent in their taxes. The other group of people, the renters, Shannon, they said, I can't afford to live here any longer. And so at the end, Council President Dan Gendron said, we'll look into it. Um, but clearly, something went wrong with that revaluation. And one group of property owners really got hit. Did you hear about that? I did. Um, I feel like um, if I was on that council, the only thing you can do at that point as is listen to the people. At that point, you have to. Because they're telling you what's concerning them inside the city. You have something that's going on all across the country and all across the state. Rents are rising, taxes are rising due to COVID and certain issues like that. So you have to be there to listen and you have to be able to problem solve with that. And and come together as a team to problem solve that issue. I was listening to uh, to that uh, 
I guess, testimony uh, from these people. They weren't under oath or anything, but they, they just came in to talk about either their rent increase or, if you're the property owner, the tax increase. And I'm saying to myself, if I'm a consumer, how do I solve this? One way, uh, <clears throat> I guess, would be have to have the revaluation done over again. That sounds like a big project. Or the other is having them come in individually and make a case to lower their tax bill. But whatever the case is, if they get their taxes lower, then somebody else is going to make up the difference somewhere. Maybe that's me or you. <laughs> so it is really a double-edged sword to solve. Huh? It, it is. It, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, when you're talking um, taxes and, and what taxes do for the community and stuff like that. You know, you, you want to genuinely keep taxes low because, you know, I know taxes feed our community and help things go, but generally we still have to help the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one hand has to help the other. So that'll be a, a nice little puzzle to solve. And I look forward to working with people to solve that. Shannon, do you feel anything is missing from uh, Woonsocket that um, uh, you you said you lived in uh, Providence, I think, at yes. one time? Um, Providence got a lot there. They do, but they also don't have a lot of things that Woonsocket has. Mm-hmm. Providence has a lot of, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. But I feel that that small town feel is missing from there. Mm-hmm. It's the hustle, the bustle, and everything that's going on here. It, it's, it's a great small town feel. And, and to me, that's been a blessing. So some things that are missing are just another supermarket. Uh, it's a food desert out here. We got two supermarkets, and we don't have one that's affordable for the people. You know, if you had a Trader Joe's or a Dave's or a Market Basket, uh, just another option for people. You know, I know when I go to Trader Joe's, I have to travel, which is going to sound real Rhode Islander. I have to travel all the way to Warwick or all the way there because I like Trader Joe's and I like Market Basket. And uh, my third favorite would be Dave's. But um, I like those places because you can go in there with, with, a, with a low amount of money and still come out with at least four or five bags of groceries. Mm-hmm. Whereas these other places, you, you can't. So... And in, uh, of course, in Rhode Island, uh, Trader Joe's in Warwick, they can't sell wine there. But you go to the one up in um, uh, Patriot's Place, uh, Trader Joe's, nice wine selection. I just wanted to throw that in. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. (laughs) I've been there several times because it it seems like it's closer to me. (laughs) All right. And uh, so we're chatting about things uh, that that you'd uh, like to see. A supermarket. uh, Yes, and you've named three three good uh, prospects, uh, Trader Joe's. uh, and um, Market Basket, and uh, what was the uh, the next one? Trader Joe's, Market Basket, you mentioned a third. Oh, Dave's, Dave's Marketplace, Dave's. right. I'd also like to see, um, I'd also like to see, you know, our police and fire, they, they need some upgrades too mm-hmm. because they protect our city. And uh, we need them, and we need them to have adequate facilities. Were you looking at my notes because that was my next question. <laughs> we need them to have adequate yes. facilities, just like we need the high school to have and, and uh, um, the youths there to have an adequate field that's closer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, they walk four miles a day just to go to practice. That's rough. Where everyone else in every town has theirs right there. Mm-hmm. Why not us? Mm-hmm. We should have the same thing. And why can't our fire and police have a, a nice safety complex where they can work where... There's nothing, nothing better than coming to work and you have a great place to come into. Mm-hmm. And they, they're here, they serve, they protect us. And one of my passions is also, I'm, 
working with the police to, you know, have great community relations. I think that's important, too. Mm-hmm. And I just think, um, you know, we need those things. So I guess we don't have to ask a question um, whether you believe in funding the police. Apparently you do. And oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Um, there's so many different things going on in the world today, and I'm sure me and you could talk at length about it. But the one thing that you can't do is defund the police. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a stoppage. Uh, my, my car broke down on the side of the road. It was it was late night. Actually, my son had my car. I sat and talked to this officer. He stayed out there with us for at least two hours waiting for AAA. Mm-hmm. And his experience and his, you know, just making you feel safe was very important to me. So, And, you know, in looking at your job at the, the training school and looking at a, a police officer, what uh, somebody in your position did 30 years ago and what you do today at the training school, that, that job has changed. And I think the same has gone for a police officer, that if a police officer doesn't come to the job as a law enforcement officer and also a little pot social worker, too, um, then that person isn't prepared for the job. They've got to be a little bit more well-rounded. Right? I, I, absolutely. Um, you have to be multifaceted, and that's why their job is tough. And sometimes we just see them on TV, and you, we hear about people's interactions with them, and we don't really understand what they do. They don't. You, we really don't understand how how dangerous it is when you pull someone over, how dangerous it is being on that side of the road or, or being out there every night. Um, it, it's tough. You know, I mean, there are some good ones, there are some bad ones, and there's good and bad people in, in, in every situation, but we have to support them. They are the protectors of our community. You know what I mean? And forming good relationships with them and them forming good relationships with the city and the city's residents is key. It's key to their success and it's, it's key to keeping everyone safe and, and feeling protected. You mentioned um, public safety complex and uh I know that uh, Mayor Baldelli Hunt uh, has been thinking about that. But I wanted to mention uh, the American Rescue Funds. We, the city of Woonsocket, like so many other places, were given money. And most of it is still unspent. Most of it's uh, still sitting uh, in Woonsocket. We put it all in Navigant Credit Union. And, um, you know, uh, money sitting in an account does not accrue a lot of interest these days <clears throat> but it, it, it is sitting there There's, I think I think uh, we have over 20 million dollars uh, well over 20 million dollars um, to be spent and and so you mentioned maybe building a public safety complex do you see uh, with with a reserve of funds like that standing off to the side uh, anything else uh, that you would like to see that costs a lot of money uh, that we could draw on those funds uh, to build um, or create or fund? <laughs> um, I would like to see, um, I would love us to have a community center. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be fantastic. Something where people, I know we have great churches around here and and, and stuff like that, but a, a community center would be great where you can come in, speak to someone, get some services, have people volunteer, and also write grants to bring the other different programs in. So I, w- I would love to see that because there's so many different things that you could do with a community center and have grants written or getting outside federal funds to help help the people in the community. So Now, 
here's uh, the question that we sort of ask everybody toward the end of the program. So you're out there with Chris Beauchamp, and uh, you're knocking on my door on Prospect Street. That's where I live, and and um, and so you and Chris are uh, at my door, and and I don't know you. I've never met you before. And what are you going to tell me in about a minute? Because I'm busy. I've got some uh, pasta cooking on the stove. And Shannon Ross is at my house. What are you going to tell me to help me uh, decide that I should vote for you? You're on. Oh, thank you. So first, I'm just going to introduce myself, give, give a slight background, and tell you what I feel. And what I feel is that I want to be able to serve you. I want to be able to serve the community and bring the things that you feel need to be brought brought to the table. I want to be your voice. Because, like I said earlier, that gets lost. That we are the people's voice. So, and we are, the, we are listening to the people. So I want to listen to you and be your voice on the council. I want to understand what troubles you, what concerns you have in the community. And I, I tell people this all the time. Uh, this is my first goal of being a politician. The only thing I can do is speak from the heart and the things that I'm passionate about. And I'm passionate about helping the people. I've always been that way. So in my 30 seconds with you, before you have to run off, get your pasta ready, get your wine, uh, you know, irrigated, my 30 seconds with you would be, I just want to serve you and serve you in the capacity on the city council. And how, how can I do that? And if you choose me, when you choose me, I will do my best to serve in your interests. All right. That's fair enough, Shannon. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming by. And um, so you've got, uh, along with the other 12 candidates, are there your work cut out for you between now and November to get your message? And I think your message was, you know, pretty re- clear to me and resonated, uh, saying, um, you know, I'm new, but uh, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to try to um, put your ideas uh, into, um, into play as Absolutely. a council member. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, too. And, you know, we're going to finish off with a few commercials, but thank you, Shannon Ross, for visiting here at the radio station. Thank you again for having me. Okay. He'll be on the ballot November the 8th, and uh, you have a chance to uh, uh, choose uh, Shannon Ross as as candidate. Now I'm going to um, take care of a few messages. I want to give a shout out. For this Sunday, September 25, the former Reviva Salon in Cumberland is now known as Bird's Nest Salon. And we're located right next to the Gray Tree Boutique on Menden Road, Cumberland. So this Sunday, from noon to 2 p.m., we're having an open house with complimentary salon services and light refreshments and, and specials from the Gray Tree Boutique right next door. First 25 people will receive a swag bag. So stop in this Sunday, 12 to noon, at the new Bird's Nest Salon. We'll be right there with Renee and Katie and Jill at 1725 Menden Road in Cumberland. Come on and see us to kick off fall at... Um, at Gray Tree Boutique and the uh, renaming of the salon right next door. And uh, final final message here on the program uh, comes from our good friends at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. I was there a couple of weeks ago and enjoyed um, a very, very nice uh, dinner. And you can enjoy a very nice dinner tonight. And uh, and practically, you know, every night, though, we are closed on Mondays and we do have... Uh, Hours. Like today is is um, Wednesday, and we open 
at um, we open at noontime on Wednesdays, and our kitchen closes at nine o'clock tonight. So you have plenty of time today to stop into Savini's Pomodoro and look at our great menu too. We have an outstanding menu of uh, of great uh, treats. So if uh, you're interested in some good food. Come on over to uh, the Pomodoro. And we have what we call a chef's uh, specials. And right now, uh, the one that uh, caught my eye is I love prime rib. And uh, we have a prime rib special for you to enjoy. So if you enjoy prime rib, check out our chef's specials. In addition to the regular stuff we have, I mean, how can you beat at Savini's uh, Chicken Parmesan or our um, Eggplant Parmesan? Or our veal parmesan, or our um, well, what, what, and our meatballs, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so, come on in to um, to the Pomodoro on Rathbun Street in Woonsocket. Again, we'll be open at noontime for your convenience. And so, thank you for being here on the uh, Upfront program. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, we'll have Chris Boulay uh, with us, and uh, and we'll chat about the issues of the day. Tomorrow will be open line conversation, and then on Friday we uh, get back to uh, meeting the candidates like we met uh, Shannon Ross today. I'm Roger Bouchard. Good day. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. It is 9 o'clock in the morning, WNRI News from Salem Radio News Network in Washington. Next.